Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 15, and it reads, And they took there from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month, after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full, for ye have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, and I may prove that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day, shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel, And even then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. And in the morning then ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord, and that and what are we that he murmur against us? And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat and in the morning bread to full. For the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. And Moses spake unto Aaron, Say unto all the congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at even the um, quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay round about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not know what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. Let me read 15 one more time. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. Lord, bring a word for your people. Bring it the way you want it to be brought. Bring it concise. Convict us, but don't condemn us. Lift us up 
but don't make us too proud. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for using it to separate the bone from the marrow so that we may be increased in your wisdom and in your maturity. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As you take your seat, I want to speak to you from the subject, what is this? What is this? One of the basic needs of man is the need for food. Without food, a person starves to death. Consequently, when a person's food supply is threatened, he complains, grumbles, and murmurs against the weather, some crop disease, or God. He blames the circumstances, the government, the economy, the grocery store, the farmer, his employer, just whoever or whatever is causing the shortage of food. A person's trust in God and others is soon lost when his food supply is threatened. Trust in God far too often crumbles when hunger or any other serious trial confronts a person. This was the very situation facing the Israelites, that of hunger, that of complaining, grumbling, and murmuring, that of failing to trust God to meet their need. But these things should never be. We should never complain nor fail to trust God, not because of hunger nor because of any serious circumstance that might confront us. God loves us and cares for us, and God has promised to take care of our needs in every circumstance, even in life-threatening circumstances. There was a crisis of hunger, and the first great sin of Israel was committed again, that of complaining and grumbling. The people left Elam and marched to the desert of sin. The desert of sin was a place, the actual name of a desert in the days of Moses. The word sin must not be confused with the theological word sin. The desert of sin was probably taken from the word Sinai or the bush of Sina. The desert was probably named the desert of sin because of its terrain, most likely referring to a rocky area with thorn bushes scattered across the landscape. Note that God's people marched to the desert of sin exactly one month after leaving Egypt. How quickly God's people forget the deliverance, the care, the, the goodness, and the blessings of God. Just one month earlier, God had miraculously delivered his people out of Egypt and slavery, yet, yet they were committing a terrible sin. He had just caused the water to turn to blood for them. He had just caused the locusts to eat up the crops. He had just caused the frogs to infestate the, 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 the gardens and, and the locusts and, and all types of animals and pestilence. He, he had done all this, but the people complained and murmured against God, against God's servants and Moses. Why? Because they were hungry. They had used up all their food supply. Before they left Egypt, they had apparently been instructed to take along one month's supply of food, and now they had no more food left. A crisis existed. The situation looked hopeless where, where they had no food. A crisis existed and they looked in the desert. Uh, how in the world can we feed 3,600,000 people? I know you got three kids, but Moses had three million. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know you got some. And he, he was in the wilderness of, of the desert. The people knew this. 
And they obviously began to talk about a problem. And you know, once you start talking about a problem too long, you, you start complaining. And when you complain too long, you start grumbling and, and so on and so on. And, and God's people should have never done this. They should have went to their leaders and presented their problem and said, you know what, let's seek God together. But, but, but ah, the people didn't trust God. They showed unbelief in God and distrusted his concern and care, distrusted his goodness, distrusted his power, distrusted his provisions. And note the terrible depth of their distrust, the scorching heat of their sinful grumbling. They, they would rather have died in Egypt than die in starvation. Oh, yeah, yeah, y'all don't hear me. What audacity they had. They, they, they remembered the, the, the leeks and they remembered the pots of meat. But what rashness, what arrogance and gall and rudeness and defiance. What a terrible thing to say in the face of God and after he had done so much for them. Remember God's wonderful deliverance from the Egyptians from slavery. Remember God's astounding power demonstrated at the Red Sea. Remember God's glorious revision of water to take care of their thirst time and again over a period of 30 days, God had a glorious, has gloriously delivered and provided for his dear people. But murmurings, murmurers have short memories. Come on, somebody. They kept talking about the food they had. Okay, can I tell you something about slavery? You ain't eating no steak. You, you're not getting no, oh, come on, somebody. You, 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 you're not getting uh, no roast beef. You, you, you're not eating a, a luxury um, a meal. You're not sitting at the table having a great time. No, you got just enough to eat just so you can go out and go work. You didn't get over your field. It's funny how we remember the good old days. I know you're talking to Sister Girl and she's talking how good her last boyfriend was, but he ain't here. Y'all don't hear what I'm talking about. Everybody talk about how good yesteryears was, but sometimes we have short memories and don't remember when we were in the world, our life wasn't as good as we act like it was. We, we had strings attached to blessing. We couldn't sleep well. We were tiptoeing down 64 trying to make sure somebody didn't see wherever we was going when we was in the world, but we soon forget the blessings of God. Oh, the Israelites had short memories, warped perspective. They had forgotten the days of affliction. They had forgotten the days that they were enslaved. Now a spirit of hopelessness gripped them. They knew there was no place out in the desert where enough food could be found to feed them. Not for three million people. Nevertheless, when a crisis arises for the believer, the genuine believer, he or she should call upon God, not grumble and complain. In facing problems, we are to trust God believe that God cares and he loves us, that he will help us through the problem no matter how severe the problem is. Oh, I know we keep talking about look toward the hills of which come without help, but we keep complaining. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your rod and your staff shall comfort me, yet we grumble. Oh, yeah, we know a lot of scripture and we have rote memory, but is it in our hearts? Do we really believe what we're saying or are we just regurgitating what we heard? Oh, I'm trying to talk to somebody. Can I tell you what J. Vernon McGee said? Uh, he, he said, the children of Israel despised God's heavenly food and complained about eating it. 
They grew tired of eating manna. They longed for the flesh pots of Egypt. They wanted to go back to that from which they had been delivered. That is the story. I'm afraid of some people who have been converted and have been delivered out of Egypt, the world of the old life. Every now and then, they take a side trip back to the leeks and want to go get the onions and the garlic. There are Christians today who need to make a complete break with the old life. Friend, you can't go on living like the world, living on things of Egypt and be serviceable to God and have the peace of God in your heart. There must be a break with Egypt. We must live on the true manner that comes from heaven, even the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, see, God promises to meet the needs of his grumbling people. Aren't you glad you serve a God that even though you complain, he still takes care of you? Even when you fall, he still provides for you. Even when you don't do what you're supposed to do, he is still there with his loving hands around you, keeping you in the secret place. He's still ushering you to where you need to be. Aren't you glad you have a God that has mercy on you? The Lord told Moses, ah, I'm going to feed these three million people, but I, I need them to just take up a little bit today. Yeah. And can, I, can I tell you something? He fed them over 40 years. 40 years they never went hungry. 40 years, they never had to buy some new Air Force Ones or some new Jordan Ones. They, for, for 40 years, they didn't need to get any more dresses or pants to because God sustained everything. Have you ever been able to go 40 years and have the same outfit? And, oh, y'all don't hear what I'm talking about. I know some of us are very frugal, but 40 years walking on the same sandals and they didn't have a car. God will sustain you. Do you know some of you all are complaining from living check to check, but God has you living from your check to check better than other folk who make a bigger salary than you because he loves you and he gave you a good measure blessing pressed down shaking together and running over you are able to live off some stuff other people own poverty y'all yet you complain it's a miracle you still here oh still here living from check to check. They living from manner to manner. You living from check to check. Sometimes God just wants to check your faithfulness. Oh, you don't hear me. Newbies grow. Sometimes God allows your blessing to wait because if you plant a watermelon seed too early and the cool breeze comes, the watermelon is dead. One thing about God, he'll never let fruit grow on your vine before it's time because he don't want your, oh, y'all don't hear me. Some of y'all need to learn how to handle the cubicle level blessing so you can go to the front office. It's one thing if I fall off my post in a cubicle, but it's another thing if I fall off my post in the front office. Y'all don't hear what I'm talking about. I'd rather fall while I'm on the bottom than when I'm on the top. God is working out your character. He's getting some chafe out of you. He's building you up so that when you get where you're supposed to be that your talent will take you but your character may destroy your job oh he'll wait till you grow up baby some of y'all mad but God is like air traffic control controlling your blessing hold on she ain't ready yet she can't handle this enemy he can't handle that yet let me move this person over here first let me move this other way let me get him out of this relationship because he'll give it off oh let me get her away from the gold digger. let me move you right here and position you to be blessed because every plane can't land and take off at the same time 
It'd be a catastrophe. God holds your blessings till it's time. But you complain. Oh, he promises to meet them anyway. He fed his people even though they grumbled, even though they doubted him. Have you ever tried to take care of somebody even though they doubted you? Don't that hurt your feelings when you try to take care of somebody? They don't appreciate nothing you do. Don't see nothing but the wrong that you do. But they don't see when you get it right. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. God is hurt sometimes because he keeps taking care of some selfish-minded, ungrateful Christians. Oh, God had to test their faith. He tested them. God was going to test their faith in two ways. One, by charging his people to gather bread every day for a particular day, uh, for that particular day, a certain amount. They were only supposed to get one day supply. They weren't supposed to get more than what they needed. He wanted to see if they were going to listen to him, see if they could live from check to check and still pay their tithes. Oh, 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 y'all, y'all missed that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, some of us act like if we had $2,000 that we'd be better, we'd trust God more than when we had $200. Now, baby, <clears throat> can I tell you something? If, if, if you eating quail <clears throat> and you won't share that, you definitely ain't going to share your steak. Oh, uh, yeah. Huh? If you won't give me McDonald's, you definitely ain't going to give me Longhorn. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 I'm missing it. He, he was checking there. Faithfulness, do you trust me? Can you trust me with your check-to-check blessings? Oh, y'all don't hear me. Are you going to still complain about the car that's ugly, but it's still getting you where you're going? And the friends that talk about your car, apparently they ain't got no car. Let them walk. If you got to talk about my blessing and make me feel bad about my blessing, you, you, I drive my Chevrolet, you drive your Chevrolet. <laughs> Yeah. Do not despise humble beginnings. And then he tested them in verse 5 to let them know on the sixth day before the Sabbath to allow them to take up double so they could rest on the seventh day. Are you working so much that you're not spending time with God? I, I know you living from check to check, but do you understand that God can give you a good measure of blessing, press down, shaking together and run over? Do you know he can multiply your blessings? Do you understand that you do not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Father? Oh, yeah, 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 y'all missing that. <clears throat> this commandment would test their obedience. See, God would prove himself in verses 6 and 7. God's servants went before God's people and declared his wonderful promise. In the evening, the Lord would use his provision <clears throat> to prove that it was he who saved them and brought them out of the land of Egypt. Hey, can you do me a favor? Just turn up just a little bit if, if it don't scream because <clears throat> I'm straining myself for whatever reason. I know it's the same, but I don't know what happened to my voice. I missed one week in breathing out my neck instead of my diaphragm, I guess. <clears throat> God proved himself. See, he, 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 he saved them from Egyptian slavery. And he fed them at night with quail. And in the morning, he gave them provision of bread. 
See, see, look, 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 look. Why was the Lord doing this? He was going to prove himself because the people were grumbling and complaining. You know what I love about God? The more you complain, the more he want to prove himself that he's going to take care of you. Oh, yeah, y'all don't hear me. Oh, you, 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 you. Oh, 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 oh. God gave a warning. Grumbling is not against God's servants, but against God himself. Can I talk to the people at the other churches? Newbies grow cool. We've been here for 10 years. We good, right? But isn't it funny how churches will go through the selection process, pray about it, get a pastor, and still wonder if God moved? I'm just talking to some people looking for pastors right now because you call everybody around and you do the process. Then you get the pastor and say, oh, Lord, what is this? Yeah, 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 I'm going to leave that alone. See, see, this is true in two ways. See, God delivered them, not Aaron and Moses. <clears throat> Aaron and Moses is just, were just the tools he used. So when they grumbled and complained, they were complaining to God. Yeah, 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 don't hear me. Oh, yeah, yeah, don't hear me. Oh, you can I can I talk to the spouses for a minute? When you grumble and complain about that man, you 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 get in a covenant relationship. It got quiet. Crickets. But when you kick against your covenant, you kicking against God. Oh. See, see, see. Sometimes you think you're speaking to man or woman, but you're really speaking to God because God put that person there. Uh, uh, Y'all don't hear me. Complaining, grumbling, show this trust in God. That's why Philippians said, do all things without complaining. Do you know they was calling this a sin, complaining? Stop complaining. What blessings are you forfeiting because you keep complaining with your mouth? A man or woman is satisfied by the fruit of their lips. Why? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? The fruit, you, 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 y'all don't hear me. The power of life and death is in the power of the tongue. Stop complaining. Speak what you want and not what you don't want. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to talk slow. God laid down the prerequisites of receiving the bread of God. The people had to come to draw near God. See, when believers sin against God by complaining and grumbling, they must come before the Lord and draw near him. See, the idea is that of confession and repentance. The people were to draw near God, come before him and confess and repent of their complaining and grumbling. The results, the glory of the Lord shone in the cloud. Note that the people obeyed. They looked to the cloud, which symbolized God's presence. What they witnessed was the phenomenal sight, the glory of the Lord shown in the cloud. This was the Shekinah glory, the cloud that symbolizes God's presence. It was the very cloud that had guided Israel out of Egypt and that was the rest upon the tabernacle. The Shekinah glory was also the rest above the mercy seat in the most holy place of the tabernacle. 
See, you got to be like a child. Remember Jesus told him, he said, look, if you can't be like a child, don't come to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can't be like a child, don't come. See, have you ever whooped a child and the child say, and go to you and you the one hit them? Because they have enough comprehension to know that you hit them because they did something wrong, but you still love them. So instead of drawing away from you, they draw near to you. Now I ain't talking about when they 10 and 11 and 12 and, and they get you, your attitude in them that, from your gene pool. But I'm talking about when they innocent and they 2 and 3 years old and you pop them and they run to you and cry and you feel bad because you chastised them and they hug it on you because they know whatever you did in their little mind it was for their good when God pulls the rod out on you draw near to him don't run away from him get deeper in him because he's protecting you oh stop running away from God when he chastises you he chastises those who he loves see I'm going to tell you something. If you keep messing up and I stop fussing at you, I done had some conversation behind your back. <laughs> if I'm fussing at you, that's safety if you messing up. Now, if I stop fussing at you and you messing up, look for a job. Just look for a job. Because once I don't care, <laughs> I don't think you're going to be able to redeem yourself. And I realize you don't care about your job. When God chastises you, he's saying that he loves you. He's protecting you. I'd rather get the pop on my backside as a child if I'm trying to touch the stove than to actually make it to touch the stove. Y'all don't hear me. I'd rather get popped before I run in the street than to get the results of me running the street in traffic. Y'all don't hear me. See, some of us get mad at God, but we don't understand when God chastises us, he's keeping us from further destruction. Draw nigh to him so you can see his glory. Oh, you understand? He already know you messed up. He already know you ain't nothing but the alabaster box that's broken up. He put his blessing in earthen vessels. You know you earth, right? And that's why Gideon broke the jaws because he had to show you that you need to be broken in order to serve God. The problem with some of us, we broke it and don't know it. You chip just like me. You just think you got it all together. How you doing? Blessing the highly favor of the Lord. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Tell somebody that believe you that. Mm -hmm. oh, hallelujah. Glory is in here. I don't know if you feel it, but I'm telling you right now, God is about to start blessing you beyond your wildest imagination. There's an anointing of wealth on this house. I'm believing that God is going to give you a good measure blessing, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Can I talk to you right now? I just got to take a sidebar commercial. This is the word from our sponsor who is God, and God is telling me that favor is about to 
rain in your life. You've been in your manna season. You've been living from check to check. But God is about to open up the windows of heaven in your life. And you won't have room to receive it. I prophesy, I decree, and I declare it right now. My voice already gone. Stop messing with me. <laughs> At least you was on the organ and not the piano. <laughs> you got it right this time. <laughs> I asked him, hey, you, you getting on the piano? No. But he's sitting over there. He, he, he just got up. Appreciate you. <laughs> One, I got to tell you what, what, what the, about the tabernacle when you get the glory. One, the glory of the Lord is like a consuming fire. Exodus 24, 17 says, and the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. Two, the pillar of the Lord is like a pillar of fire that radiates light. Exodus 13, 21 through 22 says, And the Lord went before them day by, uh, uh, them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night in the pillar of fire, to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, they stressed this, nor the pillar of fire by night from the people. Even though they were complaining, they, he still was leading them. Even though you keep falling in sin, he still leading you. Even though you're walking in your blind mess, he's still leading you all the way. Aren't you glad you got a God that loves you so much that grace and mercy follow you and you don't have to find grace and mercy? Even if I make a wrong turn somewhere, grace and mercy is still right wherever I go. Even when I fall, See, greater is he who was in you than he who was in the world. That's why David said, even if I make my bed in hell, you're right there with me because the Holy Ghost is always leading me into all truth. Stop reducing my God, Holy Spirit, down to something told me. Something told me not to get off this exit. Something told me not to go over their house. Something told me not to take that job. Something ain't no something told you. The Holy Spirit told you. You just didn't listen. And the reason why you don't listen is because you think it's something told. Reduce the Holy Spirit down to something told. The Holy Spirit told you. You silly Christian, you. Who? Glory. What number I'm on? Number three. The glory of the Lord is like a fiery furnace. Hebrews 12, 18 and 29. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that the burn and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. For our God is a consuming fire. Ooh, girl, you better tell your enemies to leave you alone. You know the Bible says it's better to cast yourself in the fire than to touch one of my own. It's better to tie anchor around your neck than to touch my anointed. God really just saying you might as well just go kill yourself if you mess with my people. I'm just saying what I interpreted there. That what I exegeted it. If you, if you tie anchor around your neck and you can't swim, or even if you can't, I ain't tying anchor around my neck and jumping in the sea, and I'm a lifeguard. I used to be the aquatic director for the YMCA, and I ain't doing that. 
He's a consuming fire, but you always got to snap your neck and get your Vaseline out and take off your earring every time somebody talk. And your God right there standing there like, if you just move your crazy ghetto self out the way, I will handle your business. I am a consuming fire. Your neck ain't going to do nothing that I can't do. <laughs> Keep your heels on. You know your toes ain't done. Keep them on. <laughs> Something wrong with me. I just. For the glory of the Lord is like a light that radiates splendor. A light that is so full of splendor that Peter called it the excellent glory. 2 Peter 1.17. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Look at number five. The glory of the Lord is a light so glorious and brilliant that there is no need for the sun. Re Revelation 21, 11 and 23 says, Having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most, most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is light thereof. Oh, y'all better watch out. You wonder why people hate you on your job? Because they see the glory and the light on you. Oh, you better watch out. I wouldn't worry at my job if I had a whole bunch of haters. What I would worry if I ain't have no haters because the Bible says he prepared a place for me in the presence of my enemies. And as long as I got some enemies and haters around me, that's my prerequisite for me getting blessed. So if you hate on me, I may even buy your lunch. I may not eat with you, but I may buy it because when I bless you, it's like pouring hot coals on your head. Every now and then I bless my enemy just to be petty because <laughs> that's who I am and <laughs> Woo! y'all better watch out I ready to preach today Woo! Up 24 hours and still ready for y'all y'all better watch out six. six the glory of the Lord is a light so brilliant that no man can approach it. 1 Timothy 6.16, who only hath immorality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen, nor can see to whom be honor and power everlasting. I can't even approach these lights and all of them ain't working. <laughs> I'm hot. I'm sweating. Y'all over there chilling over there. I'm hot. Because these regular lights, he's saying he'll consume fire. Oh, y'all don't hear me. And if I can dwell in this secret place and he's still a consuming fire, why am I worried about my enemies? Oh, y'all don't understand. I'm trying to help somebody. Oh, look at this. How often... God would grant clear, intense sense of his glory and presence if we would just draw near him. If we stopped just reading five-minute devotion, what if we gave God an hour? 
We meditate on the on the Bucks game and the Hawks weren't even playing. We up there chilling at the bar with our friends, chilling, missing phone calls. But every time you're in your prayer closet, you got to check your text messages. Can you give God his time? If you give God his time, he'll give you some revelation answers. You got a hundred good ideas, but one God idea will make you a millionaire. You keep looking at all these good ideas and you looking on the internet and you going to all these different things and trying to network with all these people. But if you just get in your prayer closet every now and then and just let the glory of God come into you. Y'all don't hear me. It got quiet. It got quiet, but I'm good. Look at here. How much power would be present in our ministries if we all came in here after we was in the house with God. When two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. And we got two and three hundred folk. We got folk on the internet. We got folk on Facebook. We got folk on CDs and DVDs gathering. How much power would we have if we came here already ready to bring glory? What if you came here just to hear a word, but you already was filled up yourself because you prayed before you got here, and you prayed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and you came to church already on fire and anointed? How many people would be set free when they walk through the door because all of our anointed would be sharpening each other, and if I got a problem, your anointed helped me, and if you got a problem, Hard knowing to help you, and all of us touch and agree because all of our gifts are. I... The reason why the house of God doesn't work is because all the parts aren't working. You don't know what a carburetor is, but if it ain't working, your car ain't going nowhere, huh? If the little thermostat in your car ain't working, it's gonna overheat sooner or later, huh? Come on, somebody. If certain things, if anything in your car is not working properly, you may not be able to get somewhere. The church is running off the fumes of Jesus, and you're supposed to be the one fueling the church. Oh, this sermon going somewhere. I ain't intended to go, but that's the Holy Ghost. I'm out the way. I take no responsibility for this message. Note that he stated, restated the facts to Moses. He had heard the people's grumblings. And he would meet their needs. But he was doing it for a very specific purpose. That they might learn the truth, learn more and more that he is the Lord their God. He said, I'm going to take care of you anyway. Do you know God will allow you to go through some stuff just so you can know who he is? Sometimes he'll step back so you can know it was him in the jail cell. It was him that made you get it through the divorce. It was him that comforted you when your child died. It was him that kept you when your child was acting crazy and going to jail every now and then. It was him that got to do the cancer. It was him that got to do the bad report. It was him that got to do the lies and deceit. It was him that got to do the backbiting and the gossip. It was him that got to do the scandal. Sometimes God allows you to go through it just so he can step in and show you who he is. Oh, y'all ain't nothing like a little drama to get your attention. I gave them meat. The quail came and covered the whole camp. Imagine enough quail to feed 3,600,000 folk every day for 40 years. Oh, come on, somebody. 
Some of y'all been living on the same job, doing the same thing with the same salary for years, and you complain, and yet God sustains you. Oh, yeah, God, I'm trying to talk to somebody. The quail was beyond all question a spectacular miracle. What miracles are happening in your life that you're talking about, what is this? God gave them bread he had promised. The manna from heaven, the next morning after the dew had melted, the ground was covered with thin flakes that looked like frost. The Israelites had never seen the thin flakes before. Thus they called it manna, which means, what is it? What is this? I don't want this. You hungry, ain't you? See, y'all don't understand that this time. You know, yet these parents, they ask them children what they want to eat. You're like, you, we just had to ask what we going to have to eat. <laughs> these kids got too many choices. They don't understand about manna. So it's gonna, you're going to have to help execute this when you go home. You know. I be around people. They be like, what you want to eat? I be like, you ask your child what they want to eat. Hey, what a glorious time we're living in. Jesus. <laughs> Wish I had a time machine. If I was four years old, I'd fly into the future. <laughs> Moses informed the people that it was bread from heaven, that it had been promised by God. God promised to feed the Israelites with bread from heaven. The Israelites called the bread manna. Manna looked like a, a reason or a, a coriander seed. The coriander seed is a small white grain that is used for seasoning. Manna tasted like honey wafers, according to Exodus 16, 31, or like wafers made of olive oil, according to Numbers 11, 8. The manna could be ground with a, with a hand meal or crushed in some form of mortar and cooked or baked in pots. Note three lessons that can be drawn from manna. The manna was the bread given by God to save Israel from a physical death, which is starvation. Jesus Christ is the bread of God given to save man from a spiritual death. <clears throat> you got to eat both. You need to eat food to survive. Uh-huh. Physically, you need to eat food, uh, the Bible, you know. See, this is what I'm saying. Some of us real fat and plump and look real healthy physically, but in the spirit, we gaunt and hungry, and starving. You need to read your Bible. The only time some of y'all reading it when you're reading the Scripture. <laughs> on the screen. And some of y'all smell real good. Got your smell good on. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Smell good. Took a good bath this morning and last night. Ooh. But your spirit dirty because you ain't watched in the Word. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I, I'm just saying. See, this means the manna was a type of bread of heaven, a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Note what Christ claimed for himself. A, Jesus first, Jesus Christ claimed that he is the true bread from heaven. Look at John 6.32. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. B, Jesus Christ claimed that he is the bread of God who came down from heaven. John 6.33 says, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. 
See, Jesus Christ claimed that he is the bread of life. John 6.48 says, uh, John 6.35 and John 6.48 say, uh, John 6.35 says, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me <clears throat> shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. John 6.48, I am the bread of life. D, Jesus claimed that he is the living bread which came down from heaven. John 6.51 and 58 say, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. E, Jesus Christ claimed that whoever ate, that is, partook of him as the bread of life would live forever. And that's the same thing. 658, I'm going to read it again, John 68. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. F, Jesus Christ claimed that whoever came to him would never hunger nor thirst. And John 635, yet again, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. That was the first point. Point two, the manna was sent by God, but the people had to gather it. Jesus Christ was sent by God, but we have to receive him. They had to go gather the food, but you still got to receive Jesus. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. You still have to do something. He will come to you, but you got to let him in your heart. Look at John 1.12. But as many as receive him, to them gave he power to come the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, which is your heart, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. So he's saying, I want to build a relationship with you. I want to fellowship with you. I know you got a lot of friends, but if Jesus is your friend, oh, my God, with the mighty things you can do. If you can just get with Jesus and get the keys to the kingdom, to the mystery. They say God works in mysterious ways, not for me, because he gave me the keys and he gave it to you too. God works in mysterious ways. He don't work in mysterious ways to Christian folk that really read their Bible. You already know the plans of God. If, if you're really his friends, he'll tell you his secrets. Yeah, 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 don't hear me. Three, the manna was the daily bread for the redeemed, the bread upon which they were to feast. And note, they had to arise early to gather the manna, <clears throat> or else the sun melted the manna. The picture is clear. Believers must arise early every day to gather the manna of God, the bread from heaven. We must arise early to receive our spiritual nourishment through prayer and the study of God's holy word. And we must remember when the sun rises, <clears throat> the manna melts. The activities of the day begin to press in upon us when the sun rises. The point is we must arise early to feed upon the bread of life and the Lord Jesus Christ. We must seek him in prayer and in the study of his word. I'm going to get the real mic. See, but 
if, look at this, Deuteronomy 4.29, but it from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if thou seek him with all thy heart, with all thy soul. See, man is hungry, hungry for all kinds of things, but lying at the very base of his hunger is the craving for purpose and fulfillment, acceptance and recognition, love and friendship, joy and pleasure, but the world offers food to satisfy and fulfill man's hunger. And when a man looks to the world, he sees an appealing offer to feed him, to feed him with drugs, alcohol, illicit sex, pleasure, bright light, success, popularity, riches, property, stimulation, excitement, position, honor, fame, beauty, power, control, and so on. But tragically, these things never satisfy. They will never fill the deepest recesses of a man's heart. The world leaves man empty, leaves him with a sense of empty gratification and pleasure and with unfulfilled achievement and success. There is only one way a man's hunger can be satisfied. He must eat partake of the bread from heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ can satisfy the hunger of man's heart. Only Jesus Christ can give life to man. Jesus Christ is the bread of life. He is the bread given by God to satisfy the hunger of man's soul. You're going to always be hungry if you don't have Jesus. Anything not based in Jesus is just lust. And lust, the definition of lust, is something that can never be satisfied. Oh, we must learn to trust God for the provisions of life day by day, every day of our lives. Trusting God does not mean trusting him now and then, here and there, for a while as we wish, here and there. God demands that we trust him always, every moment of every day. We must arise early every day and gather the manna. See, the bread from heaven, see, to stay physically healthy, we, must, we have to eat every day. The same is true spiritually. To stay spiritually healthy, we must seek the spiritual nourishment to strengthen and carry us through the day. That is, we must arise early enough every day to spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ in worship and devotion, in feasting and partaking of him, in nourishing ourselves spiritually, nourishing ourselves enough to last us all day. See, they had to gather the manna early, remember, oil and milk. See, once the sun rises, the manna is melted. The activities of the world begin. The sun rises. The baby starts crying. The kids got to go to school. The husband needs some breakfast. The wife wants you to give her a back massage. The hope of having time to gather the man of spiritual nurturing is slim. That, that's why God suggesting that the word is strong. You should rise early before the activities of the day crowd in upon us to gather manna and the spiritual nourishment. So you got to get up early in the morning and give it to God. Get up early enough before before you start doing your makeup, before you start doing your hair, before you start taking your shower and putting your, your clothes on, you got to start dealing with God. Because I tell you, if you deal with God early in the morning, your days will be better. You still may not like your job, but he'll give you a peace and a joy that surpasses all understanding. Can I tell you something? 
morning scripture and it said and Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillow and set up the up the pillar and poured out oil on top of it oh and they arose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house in Ramah and Hannah his we knew his wife and God remembered him Hezekiah arose early in the morning and gathered the rulers of the city and went up to the house of the Lord Job got up early and said I'm a feast with him I'm gonna stay early in the morning I'm gonna give him an offering as a burnt offering just in case my children have sinned David arose early in the morning and wrote the Psalm 57 awake up my glory awake my salt and heart I myself will awake early. Can I talk to you for a minute? Get up early in the morning before you go to your job, before you go to work, before you fuss at your kids, before you chastise your husband, before you gotta go make some money, before you try to get a worldly idea. Wake up early in the morning. Get that manner on you. Don't just get it in church. Don't just get it in worship. Don't just get it on Sunday. Don't just get it on Tuesday. But wake up early. Every morning. Can I tell you what the Bible says? It says his mercies are new every morning. Not some mornings, but if I could just get up early in the morning, get in my prayer closet at least 30 minutes, maybe an hour, so I can have the glory of God, so I can be led by the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night can I talk to somebody who always looking for good ideas if you got a hundred good ideas it'll never be one God idea and if you wake up and give your time to him and not your job give your time to him I'm going to mess up something right quick give your time to him before you give it to your wife spend your time with him before you spend it with your husband give your time with him before you get on your computer give your time to him before you get on snapchat give your time to him before you do your homework give your time to him before you go play football give your time to him before you cook breakfast give your time to him before you do Whatever you think it should be done because you don't want the manna to dry up. You want that fresh word before your mind is contaminated with the thoughts and cares of the world. Can I get a witness? Can I call Peter? He was walking on the waves, but he looked away from the bread of life and he started sinking. Can I tell you a secret? He was already walking on water for a while. Some of y'all been walking on water and all of a sudden you stopped doing your devotion and you got scared. You already been walking on water. But when you start taking your eyes off God, it's been a long pandemic. It's been a long COVID-19 season. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. But can I tell you a secret? Sometimes it's a long night. 
Yeah, I had a long night. I ain't been to sleep yet. Tried to lay down upstairs in the office for a minute, but I stayed up for 24 hours, and maybe God wanted me to get this because I know I got up early. I was already up. God wants you to spend time with him before you do your daily stuff. He wants you to spend time with him. If you spend time with him, God will put your relationships in order. If you spend time with him, God will give you your sermon. If you spend time with him, God will give you your business plan. If you spend time with him, God will give you your strategic plan. Now, you do, you all have to write it down, type it out. You know, because some of y'all have to be saying, well, he ain't give it to me. You have to, you have to do something, okay? Yeah. Faith, you got to watch and pray. You know, faith without words is dead. You know, some folk be like, well, I prayed and did you type something? But what I'm saying is you got to spend time with him. Spend time with him before your board meeting. I ain't just talking about church board meeting. I'm talking about your job. Spend time with him before you go in. Because you know some of y'all know y'all need to pray because y'all wake up in the morning. If that girl say something to me this morning, pray first. Then I already picked out your fight wig and put your good wig up. <laughs> no, girl, she's going to get on my nerves. I'm, I'm putting on this one today because I don't care if this one get messed up. <laughs> ah. Seriously, before you step out of your bedroom or wherever you're sleeping at, give honor to God. Give honor to God. That's your daily bread. He was letting them know that you need to gather this up every day. Get them in the habit of seeking him for their food. Because the food came because they sought him. See, the check will come because you sought him. You missed that. Some of y'all seeking money first. If you seek God first, the money will come. Yeah, the money will come if you seek him first. Hold it, blah, blah, blah. That's glory. Seek him first. Seek him first. I think I got a sermon already. Seek him first and watch he add everything under you. He adds your car. That's a whole nother sermon. He adds your, your house. He adds your spouse. He'll add your friends. He'll add your opportunity. He'll add your healing. He'll add your deliverance. He'll add your relationships. He'll add your children. He'll add your blessings. He'll add your opportunities. He'll do it. He'll add it. He'll take care of your enemies. In the name of Jesus. I'm believing God that he's about to take you out of your manna season. Some of you all have been in a manna season. And manna season is a day-by-day blessing, a check-to-check blessing. But can I tell you this? Some of us are in that season because we have not matured enough to give God what's his. If God can't trust you to give him $10 out of 100, he can't give you 200 
you got to be faithful over a few things. See, y'all always looking at leadership and stuff like that. Favor over whatever it is you have. Okay? If he can't trust you to give him $1 out of 10, he can't give you 20. God blesses you by the level of obedience you have. But it's also another part. And I'm going to teach this later. You got to be able to take the pain. Because if you're going to grow, you're going to have to change. And change is pain. And pain, and you can't grow without pain. That's why they call it growing pains. You feel me? But I'm believing God is about to take you out of your manna season. Some of you all have been in a manna check-by-check season. And God is about to take that and give you a good measure. Press down, shaking together, running over blessing. But you got to believe it. And you have to be faithful to do whatever God is telling you to do with the blessing you have. Now, some people are going to get offended because they think, oh, this man just trying to raise money. And I'm, they ain't got nothing to do with that. This got to do with your blessing. I'm not even doing it. Deacon going to do the offering. But I'm just letting you know, you got to be obedient to God. And he said, bring his tithe to the storehouse. We always talk about Adam and Eve. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have ate that tree. All they do is not eat that tree. But you eat 10%. You ain't paying your tithes. You eating that tree every day. Some of y'all say, I tithe, but you bring 3%. You need 7 most percent. And God, see, this is the thing. When they ate at a tree of knowledge, oh, man, I'm going to a whole other thing. I got to get out of here. They got a tree of knowledge of good and evil. They, 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 they tried to live off their own mind. And when they ate of that tree, God began to take them out of his presence. Right? Right? He, they, he, they, now they're outside of the presence. They don't know what God is, but the Garden of Eden means to be in the presence of God. But now that they touched the tree that they wasn't supposed to touch, they're outside of the fullness of God's understanding. And every time you touch your tithe, every time you touch what's God's, you, re, you move yourself out of the understanding because Jesus has already reconciled you back to God. But it's when we sin and we're disobedient that we move ourselves outside of Eden. Y'all don't hear me. What am I telling you? Whatever God's instructing you to do, whether it be money, whether it be the job you took or don't take, whether it be taking a job that pays you less, whatever it may be, when you're obedient to God, he's obligated to bless you part of this blessing for the manna was gather up just what you need for your house that day except on the sabbath right before the sabbath gather up for two days and don't go to work how many people went outside and on the sabbath day to go look for some quail even though God told them not to I just need you to know this when you can be obedient in your manna season, he can trust you in your overflowing blessing season. Get it right. While you're getting manna day by day, get it right and watch God bless you. A good measure blessing. Press down, shaking together, and running over.